We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Following programs, views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. And uh, congratulations, Cleveland, uh, with the Cavs winning yet another game. Thank goodness. Uh, Watching the end of that game and thinking, oh, do you know how sad everyone is going to be if the uh, Cavs end up losing that game today? But in any event, uh, makes for a happy Sunday evening. Uh, Tonight we're going to talk in our first two segments uh, about uh, some of the problems that uh, we've been talking to a lot of politicians about over the last many months. And that is problems with jobs and drugs and people not qualifying for jobs because they are involved in drugs and um, trying to figure out what does one do about the whole problem. Well, in North Rome, they've been doing something with it. And with us tonight, we have Amy Koontz, who is with the Partnership for a Healthy North World. And Amy, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Nick. I appreciate it. So North Royalton and Partnership for a Healthy North Royalton. That that's yeah. What is that? <laughs> so um, PHNR Partnership for Healthy North Royalton is a kind of a caring group of individuals here who um, we say live, learn, work, and worship in the communities of North Royalton and Broadview Heights. Um, we do encompass the whole school district of North Royalton, so that does include some of our Broadview Heights neighbors as well. And, and what we do and, you know, what partnership really tries to achieve is um, working together to maintain and better our communities. Um, we focus on youth drug prevention and good decision-making at any age here in North Royalton. Now, this is a program. I had a chance to explore your website for a bit and uh, see that uh, there's a drug-free communities uh, grant that is issued by the federal government and uh, that that in part fun, uh, funds what's going on in North Royalton. And, and tell us a little bit about those federal dollars. Sure, absolutely. So our uh, Drug-Free Communities Grant, DSC grant, um, federally started in 1997. Um, that is the particular whole program started back in 1997 with a, a couple, um, probably a couple hundred uh, DSC grantees nationwide. Um, and what that does, it, it supplies funding. It's a majority of our funding for Partnership for Healthy North Royalton and the stuff that we bring to the community. Um, and it looks specifically for two goals. Um, the DFC uh, program is run by SAMHSA, so is our uh, substance, abuse and men- substance Abuse and Mental Health Services, um, and then HHS, the Health and Human Services portion of the federal government, which is also controlled by um, ONDCP, so uh, the uh, National Drug Control Policy um, Program, is also, you know, heading the grant program for the DSC grantees. And the goals that they look to focus on, and what all of us nationwide, there's 719 
DFC grantees nationwide, and the goals are strengthening um, community collaboration, and how we do that is we incorporate 12 sectors of the community to bring them together for um, a focus on reducing youth substance abuse, which is the other goal of the DFC programming. Now, you mentioned, uh, when you say DFC, of course, that's what drug-free communities, and that's been around since, uh, what, did you mention, like around 1997? 1997 is when the federal government created um, the DFC programming, yes. Now, how long has this program actually been funded here in North Royalton? So we are in the fifth year of the uh, fifth year of funding. So when you get a DFC grant, it is for five years. Um, And at the end of five years, you can then reapply for more funding through the federal government once again for years six through 10, um, and or you find a way to become self-sustainable. Now, is this organized uh, through the school district by that kind of geography? Um, Yes. So we are school district-based. The great thing about um, North Royalton and how we run the programming um, through Partnership for Healthy North Royalton is we are based in the high school. So myself and my coworker, Sherry Stafford, um, we are in the high school because that's where our focus is. So our focus is reducing youth substance abuse and helping the kids make good decisions. So being within the school community is a great asset to our program. Not all DFC grantees are school-based programming. So while Sherry and I are at the high school, we are not school-based programming. We help supplement what the school already does in their um, prevention programming and things that um, the kids experience throughout their years in the North Royalton School District. Well, it seems to make common sense with the kids being the target primarily uh, for for all of these uh, characteristics and all of this behavior. Uh, Do you know, uh, are there other school districts here in northern Ohio that have similar programs? Um, similar, yes. I do not believe um, locally we have the um, Brexville Broadview Heights School District also is a DSC grantee through the um, CAPA organization, so this Community Anti-Drug and Prevention Association. Um, and that would be the local. Um, so we ha- we're very lucky that our you know catchment areas overlap between Brexville Broadview Heights and the North Royalton City School District in the Broadview Heights community. So we do collaborate with other um, organizations such as ours. But the school-based ones are definitely a minority in the nationwide um, like scope of things. So that's definitely an asset that we have here locally. Well, as I mentioned at the very top of, of the segment, is that uh, in talking to political people who are in government, sitting down in Columbus and sitting at the county and at other city government levels, uh, drugs are such a huge problem. Now, uh, beside the uh, opioid epidemics and uh, the deaths being caused by overdoses, but just in the day-to-day activities of having people qualify for employment when they take a drug test and they can't pass a drug test, it's uh, it's giving employers fits. They, we have the jobs now in Ohio, but we can't get people to fill them all the time. Uh, does the program yeah. ad- address that kind of thing? 
Um, we do work with several, like I said, the, the Live, Learn, Work, and Worship part of North Royalton um, does encapsulate that business community as well. We're working very hard to um, promote um, and educate the people in the community regarding that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because it is nationally, the workforce actually is down about 20% because of the drug problem. So if you're looking at, you know, what's going on, you know, with the epidemic, the opiate epidemic, um, specifically, I know those numbers are starting to appear because we're starting to get better and better data. Um, It it is really, really affecting the employable. So what we do is focus on some positive aspects of, you know, especially the teenagers um, and the kids who are just graduating and they use the programs that we offer um, and collaborate with the school on like our STAND program. So that's students together against negative decisions. And those are our positive, um, you know, role models for peers and things like that. And Royalton, we talk about that program and we want to bring that to light for the employers here in North Royalton for kids who make the good decisions and um, are employable and, you know, are, are very, it's an asset to them to see that stand or they are involved in Partnership for Healthy North Royalton or something. So the business community is definitely hearing about um, the problems that they're facing and, you know, the positive things that we can promote as well. Because while we do have a reduction in the workforce, we do have some, you know, employable kids and, you know, young adults that can make a difference in our community as well. So, yeah, I think that's definitely an aspect that we'd like to focus on with the business community. Uh, Give us an example of uh, what kind of advice you give on negative decisions. When I was young, we had to uh, make all of our positive and negative decisions on our own. How do you guys get involved with decision making? And and then we're gonna so, we'll, have, we'll have about a minute, and then we're gonna take a break and come back and be rejoining. Okay. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> um. To me, it starts at a very young age, and um, the more we can educate the kids at a young age to um, positively influence their peers by staying away from, you know, obviously alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs, um, but also, you know, providing other alternative activities to do like going to the YMCA or, you know, something we communicate with them that there are other things to do. And we also educate them on ways to say no to situations because that's obviously the hardest thing that you're going to have to do as a kid is to be able to go against your peers sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, well, yeah. And I think um, you start throwing social media into the mix. It's harder and harder for kids to Absolutely. To get along on the right uh, road all alone there, and they need everybody behind them. We're talking to Amy Koontz. She's from North Royalton, the Partnership for a Healthy North Royalton, which is a, a federally funded program in part uh, by the uh, Drug-Free Communities Program and uh, doing good things, trying to get the kids shaped up, uh, starting out uh, fifth grade or so. Anyway, we're going to be back with Amy in a few moments, so don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back. Advanced funeral planning is a good idea. Nick Phillips here for Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. When we were faced with the task of recording final wishes, we turned to the caring professionals at Bush. Thanks, Nick. Mark Bush here. We make it easy for you to get started. Download our Seniors Guide to Funeral Arrangements at bushcares.com or call 800-252-8724 and ask to speak with a funeral planning specialist. Visit bushcares.com. 
Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. And now, back to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. And tonight, uh, we're talking to Amy Coons from North Royalton. She's the director of the Partnership for a Healthy North Royalton, which is a federally funded program that uh, is offering, uh, and Amy, first off, let me thank you and see if I get this right. It's offering services to help kids navigate a complicated world. Does that sound like about it? That's that's a very, very good way to put it, Nick. Yes, I like that, actually. That makes me smile. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, that's a good thing. But uh, the primary interest is drugs, I would assume. Uh, what are some of the other uh, pressures that the kids between, I, I know it in the notes here, ages 5th grade through 12th grade, um, what kind of problems do kids in the 5th grade have and, and what kind of programs do you have directed at 5th graders, which are about, what, 9, 10-year-olds? Yeah, so that's, you know, hitting that, you know, end of elementary, moving into middle school age um, group, which actually, you know, I have a daughter, I have two daughters, so um, that's kind of right in in my wheelhouse right now with the kids that I have in the North Royalton District as well. So um, it, it, 
honestly is empowering them. So empowering them to make decisions that are healthy for them or that um, let them be leaders in their own right. So we're supplementing what they kind of already know. Um, and there are a lot of student leaders and a lot of positive, you know, role models, even in grades such as mm-hmm. as young as fifth grade. So we try to empower those um, positive thinking, um, kind of individualism. So, you know, you're looking at a kid that, you know, might have a, a its own, her own personality, his own personality, and you want to bring out the positive aspects of, of that child and be able to influence their friends and peers in a positive way. So, like I said, the Royalton School District does an amazing job already in, you know, kind of informing and helping the kids um, be leaders in their own right. But we like to help them and give them information because kids want real life information. So, I mean, they're like you mentioned social media, they're kind of hit with it at all angles. And, you know, even, you know, when I was growing up, um, it's so much different now with so many different um, influences that the kids have from, you know, outside, you know, their, you know, home life and then, you know, globally even at this point. So we try to like steer them in the right direction and keep them safe and on the right path. How how do you do that though? I mean, you have, how many kids do we have in fifth grade, say in North Royalton, the North Royalton Broadview Heights system? You probably have, what, about 200 uh, fifth graders? Yeah, maybe a little bit more than that. I would say, you know, closer to 350, 400 kids. Wow. Um, like I said, they have, you know, health programs already that talk to them about um, good decision making and drugs and alcohol, like you mm-hmm. said. And then we bring in programming or like a speaker. Um, for example, the seventh graders at the middle school on Friday had a presentation from James Cotton, who is a, a former Ohio State football player, also played in the NFL, talking about making good decisions about um, tobacco and um, vaping is a big um, topic in the younger ages you know, younger and younger these days. And, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. so we'll bring in speakers and give presentations. Like I said, they want real world examples and education pieces. And we'll also encourage them through fun things like they have tailgates for football games and, you know, things like that where we can bring in high school kids. So peers basically in the school district to talk to them and have fun with them while they're doing face painting or something like that for a football game. So we find the peer to peer model of, you know, promoting good decision-making and, you know, having fun with it mm-hmm, and having mm-hmm. the kids do fun things with the other kids brings a lot of um, impact with that. Is there a method or a protocol on, on how you measure the effectiveness of these programs at the different age group levels? Um, the effectiveness is usually measured. So we do, um, throughout the school district, there are surveys done, um, and this is something that was done um, prior to the DSC as well. So it's a youth risk behavior survey. We use something called the OES, O-H-Y-E-S, so Ohio Youth. Uh, environmental survey. Oh. Um, Everything's and... an alphabet soup thing. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all a right. lot of acronyms. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt my so... head by trying to remember all of these things, but just keep talking. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been about two and a half years. I'm still trying to catch up, too. Yeah, so yeah. Um, that is uh, what we measure um, the kids' perceive um, risks associated with specific drugs, um, specific um, situations like bullying and things are, are like these that. So sort it encompasses of, a lot more. Are these like self-answered questionnaires that the kids are given? or? 
Yes, and they're completely anonymous, and then they're, um, all the data is compiled, and then it directs where we focus our attention. You've only been, so, you know, you've like, only been around for like about, what, three years, you said? Three or four I've years. been in my, yeah, my position since October 2015, so it'll be, it'll be three years in October. Now, over the, I know that's a very short time, but uh, have you been able to see some changes in, in, uh, in trending uh, in a positive way from the program's existence? I I really do feel like we have seen some positive just Mm -hmm. based on the interactions from the kids and how they, um, you know, are interacting with Partnership for Healthy North Royalton. The community is interacting with Partnership for Healthy North Royalton. So the the positive, you know, trends that I see are existing outside of the school walls because, as Mm -hmm. everybody knows, and, you know, the quote is, it takes a village. Um, it's good to have positive influences wherever the youth in our community oh, I, I agree. Um, are I, residing as I, well. So. I agree. Look, and looking at your list of coalition members, I think one of the, the most important villagers in taking the village to help the kids are the parents. And I see that the parents are listed on the list of uh, coalition representatives. Tell, tell me about what, what do parents get out of this? What do parents find out from your, uh, your group that helps them be better parents and helps make their kids uh, grow up more safely. Yeah, um, I, I get a lot of feedback from parents, and, and they're very thankful for what we do. Um, and I think what they get is the truth, and and not that they're not getting it, but it's it's something where, like I tell people who ask me about my job, and I, I can't go anywhere without getting into a conversation, you know, with somebody about what's going on. Um, is uh, that they just want the information so they can process it. And then the prevention piece of it really does start at home. One conversation, and that's what we encourage parents to do, is start a conversation with your kids and question them about what's going on and what they're hearing. And and I think we're not only empowering the kids to make the decisions, but we're, we're empowering the parents to have the conversations that, that will affect the kids. What, what seems to be I, one of the, I'm just curious, what seems to be one of the to- hot topics that uh, you're encouraging parents to talk to their kids about? Um, right now, um, vaping is a big one. So the e-cigarettes and um, that specifically, um, and it really is important to me and important, you know, I, I believe mm-hmm. for the coalition based on, you know, the beliefs that Sherry and I do hold and we kind of, you know, push forward through that um, is that it's just, it doesn't matter what you're talking to them about. It really just matters that you're talking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I think the kids really want to be heard. They want to be able to tell their parents what they're experiencing, how they're experiencing it and why they think it's happened. And mm-hmm, they want to feel mm-hmm. like they're being listened to. So I think that's a big part of what we're encouraging parents to do. Have that conversation start. It doesn't, necessarily have to be about drugs or alcohol, but you can definitely say, this is how I feel, and this is why I feel this Quite way. Sure. Again, well, you know. yeah, some years ago, uh, I, I served as a juvenile magistrate in a diversion program here in North Royalton for about 10 years, yeah. and uh, mm-hmm. it, it was so clear that you could see the kids coming in as first offenders with strong mom and dad parenting. Uh, definitely, they, they, they portrayed themselves differently than kids who are off their own and you don't have the strong parentage going on. Uh, right. So I, I right. can see that if you guys are putting some effort in that. 
Uh, bullying, we, we've had on our program uh, periodically, like every month, uh, State Representative Dave Greenspan, who is uh, yep. watching going through a, a bullying statute in, in Ohio, uh, putting some uh, more meat on the bullying laws. Uh, social media, bullying, depression in kids, uh, are, are these things all coming together in our target issues for your group? Um, I would say a lot of those things would fall under the umbrella of mental health. And so in, in that re- respect, yes, um, as a lot of your listeners probably know, and as you probably know, addiction in and of itself is a piece of sub- substance use disorder. And that falls under the mental health umbrella now. So we're changing the way that people are thinking about those who might have addiction problems, um, substance use disorder in some aspect, um, to um, people who are sick and and ill and need Mm -hmm. treatment, as opposed to a moral failing of some, some sort. So that's a nationwide effort, I believe, in that you know, changing the stigma, which is a big piece of, you know, kind of what we do as well. So, yes, in, in relation to mental health, I think that, yes, it does sort of fall under our, our umbrella in one way or another. Oh, we'd like to thank Amy Koontz from the North Royalton Partnership for a Healthy North Royalton and uh, providing an extra layer of, of help to keep the kids uh, in our communities in the straight and narrow. And if your community doesn't have one of these, uh, Check into it and find out how you can get funding to do what Amy's doing in North Royalton. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. Oh, you're quite welcome. And uh, thank you. We're going to be back. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back uh, after this. We're going to be talking about uh, April being the end of April and Autism Month. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these words. Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. 50 cards, 50 questions. Hello, Mark Bush for just a conversation with you. Learn more about your loved ones by having the talk of a lifetime at your next family gathering. The deck of cards is offered free by Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. Request a deck of cards at bushcares.com backslash cards. 50 cards, 50 questions that will help you learn more about your loved ones. At Bush, we help families share memories. 
More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, in the next couple of segments, we're going to be talking about uh, the condition known as autism. And we're going to talk to a woman who uh, took her, her own ideas and applied it to how to handle uh, an autistic child. Uh, and with us tonight, we have uh, Whitney Ellenby. Whitney, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you. You sound remarkably pleasant for all you've been through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always say you have to keep your sense of humor, right? My goodness, but but yes, indeed. You know, uh, Whitney has an autistic uh, son, and also she's the author of a book called uh, Autism Uncensored, and um, we're going to talk about uh, her life and how they dealt with an autistic child because I'm sure a lot of you out there at least know someone who has an autistic child. And uh, in, in the people we know, we, we understand that uh, there are many neurological and psychological experts who have uh, treatment plans and recommendations as to how to treat the children with autism. And uh, anyway, Whitney, you, you found that out some years ago. Uh, and I did, yeah. But, but before I get into your, your childhood, not your childhood, but the childhood of your right. child, uh, yourself, you were an attorney, and you worked right. with the Justice Department? Yes, I was a disability rights attorney, ironically enough. So that puts you right into the area of dealing with people with disabilities and special needs. It did, yes. And uh, your first child... Uh, you were about how old when your first child came about? Uh, I was 30 years old uh, when I was pregnant with Zach. Now, uh, when you were pregnant with Zach, uh, was there anything in your past or your husband's past that would give you the slightest hint that there might be a problem with this child? Absolutely none. Um, nothing in either of our genetic pasts and nothing remarkable about the pregnancy. It was healthy, um, full-term. Uh, great birth, the whole thing. So. And and when the baby was born, and, and that baby was your son, Zach. Zach, right. Zach, and when he was born as a tiny infant, uh, when's the first time you noticed that maybe things weren't right? And being a, a new mom and dad, we always commented that when you have a child, uh, you, you go to the hospital, you have the child, then you're sent home without a handbook or an owner's manual. Right, right. Yeah, how, how did it go initially and when did you detect something was wrong well it, it's one of those things i talk about in those first 
few months, let's say the first three months, there was absolutely no reason to detect anything because babies basically are babies sleep, mm-hmm. right? Um, right? And he was a very voracious eater. He didn't sleep well, but there were, you know, ton- he had a little reflux. There were tons of explanations for that. I would say when we got to closer to six months old, one of the hallmark symptoms I now know of autism, I didn't know at the time, was that he was not turning in response to his name. And even a very young baby starts to sort of turn in the direction of their name because they've heard it said so often, particularly if the parent says it. And it was remarkable. I could I could literally enter a room or be standing behind him and say his name, and he would not turn. Um, in that direction as if he didn't recognize it. Um, Was there any concern that maybe the child had a hearing disorder? uh, I did. Um, It was so stark that I did think that. The number of things that he didn't respond to at all or for which he had this sort of flat affect, that was one of the things I had checked out, and his hearing ended up being absolutely fine, which was then an indication that there was something more serious going on from a cognitive perspective that he was being so unresponsive. So even little things like Jack in the Box and Peekaboo and all these games, I was always met with this sort of flat affect as if he wasn't getting the joke and it wasn't funny. Mm -hmm. Well, being a first-time mom, uh, how were you able to determine that was different and not normal without having a child? If you had a normal child first, of course, you would have picked up on this. Right, and and even if I'd read more of the parenting books, which I scolded myself for afterwards, Mm -hmm. um, the one of the reasons I I started to pick up something was wrong was just that natural sense of even when we went out in the community and people would sort of try to engage him because he really was, you know, and is the most beautiful-looking child, and the fact that he would turn away, it was almost as if he was rude and really serious, and I thought, okay, this isn't natural because I know that when I have done Goo Goo Gaga, you know, with babies as early as six months old, they laugh and they light up. Um, I also happen to have, who would become and remains my best friend, somebody who had a baby at the same time. And her child was doing all sorts of things. So when we would get them together, I could start to see that there was this very big gap between Zach and her child. And then when we went to these little music classes or gym classes, it was becoming more and more apparent that Zach was the one who couldn't follow the routine and seemed just sort of dumbfounded and nonplussed, whereas the other babies were really catching on. And that was sort of frightening to me, although I never, I still never dreamed up until the time of his diagnosis that I was going to get such a serious diagnosis. I still just thought he was, you know, developmentally delayed and he'd catch up. I know there, there was a, a time uh, you and your husband took um, Zach to some doctors who ran him through some tests. Right. And uh, they're, they're trying to determine his ability for perceptions and responses and those kinds of things. And uh, I think you mentioned uh, that as the testing was going on, you had an uneasy feeling watching what was happening. Well, tell, us was ab- tell us about yeah. that because that was a, yeah. a, a sentinel moment. Yes, it was. I was panicked. Actually, my husband was away, and that was part of, he was away for work, and I said, ah, don't worry, because I was so sure that I was just going to leave with some recommendation that Zach needed speech therapy. Or, or vitamin therapy. D or something. You know. Right. So I went with Zach alone, and they started first, you know, with this sort of battery of questions. Does he point? Does he have sustained eye contact? Things like that. And I'm starting to think, does he walk 
on the balls of his feet, you know, connections I'm not making to an overall disorder, and I'm answering yes, and I'm feeling sort of queasy, and then they took him alone in a room, and they did the simplest things, which at that stage, at 19 months, he absolutely should have known how to do, even instinctively without being taught, which was like showing him a doll that didn't have the features and having him, you know, identify where the eyes, Mm -hmm. you know, and then put the eyes on, put the nose on, and he was just flailing, and I'm watching this through the glass thinking, oh my God, this is that, and they're taking, you know, vigorous notes, they're watching how he moves, how he crawls, that he didn't have any words yet, and right, I had this horrible panicked feeling of, oh my God, this is, this is serious, there is something seriously wrong with this child, and by the way, not only did I miss it, but the pediatric practice that I had been taking him to did not miss, it did not catch this, and it was because I finally insisted you all need to you know, give me a recommendation to a neurologist mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I can be certain my child is developing normally that I finally went and then got this, you know, whopping diagnosis that he has an incurable brain disorder. Um, yeah, which... Uh, That's what autism is, yeah. But we talk about uh, cold water being tossed on your face. Uh, yeah. what, what percentage of, of children, and I understand this mostly applies to boys, uh, are on somewhere on the autism scale that they are classified as autistic? Well, the numbers have sadly um, risen dramatically from the time that Zach was diagnosed where it was like 1 in 500. Today it is 1 in 50. Boys. Why? What's the answer? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's four times more likely in boys than girls. And it is not entirely clear why that is. There's something with the XX versus XY chromosome, but it is definitely mm-hmm. disproportionately affecting boys, um, and it is uh, indisputably has been on the rise. In- interesting, because uh, same thing with peanut allergies when I was a child. Yes. No one had uh, peanut allergies. Uh, no, I'm so glad you said that, because whenever people sort of argue with me about whether it's on the rise or better identified, I keep putting in context that so many other things are on the rise, and that's the first thing I say. That's why I got excited. Oh, God. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad. I'm that <laughs> glad they're on the rise, but because that's what no. I'm trying to say is childhood leukemia is on the rise. Cancer is on the rise. Um, peanut allergies are on the rise, and autism is on the rise. So what does that tell you? Needs, sort of we need a study. About what <laughs> might be going on. Well, well that's true. I mean, uh, there's okay. a genetic link to autism, but also... Uh, what environmentally has changed, either in food products or in our air that we breathe, or or who knows what combination is causing this? I wonder if it's something, remember, it has to be ubiquitous enough to cause a nationwide increase. We're not just seeing a concentration in one state or another, so I sometimes worry, it sounds kind of silly, but is it the cell phone towers? Is it something we're being exposed to, you know, with the radiation in the air, or as you said, is it antibiotics in our food? It could be any number of things, but it's gonna have to be something that is global because this autism and the rise in these things is cutting across, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I'm, I'm confident we can rule out bad politics uh, as one of the causes. Okay, but, but I'll go cer- with that. But that's certainly ubiquitous. <laughs> so. It's ubiquitous and it's toxic, so I'm gonna go with you, and it might even be causing genetic mutations. <laughs> so, yep. Well, that, that would be an explanation <laughs> of something. But, you know, when, when you get this, um, this word, you, you, you walk in expecting something benign 
some easy explanation, no history, you know, why us kind of right. a, a thing. And right. uh, how did you react to that? I took it very... Oh, but I tell boring. you what, uh, oh, we're, we're out of time. We're going to have to take a break right now. But let let sure. me take a break. It's so interesting. We're going to come back. We're talking okay. to... Uh, to Whitney Ellenby. She is a very brave parent of, of an autistic child. And we're going to talk about some of the um, unconventional ways she was handling that in a few moments. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, the advocate. We'll be right back. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Children, the product of a married couple who were once in love. Unfortunately, sometimes the marriage does not work and parents must get divorced. This is traumatic for the children as well as for the adults. The law firm of Phillips and Millie offers advice and representation in family law matters. Remember, your children are entitled to the utmost consideration when mom and dad have to part. Phillips and Millie, your local law firm on the west side of Middleburg Heights. Telephone 440-243-2800. Hello, Mark Bush for GreaterThanHeroin.com. Our nation, our state, our county, and our local communities are in the midst of this crisis. It saddens us at Bush. We see firsthand the final outcome impacting families when overdose deaths occur. GreaterThanHeroin.com is a resource for everyone. Join us in our efforts. Email feedback at greaterthanheroin.com to help us defeat this crisis.
Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. Uh, tonight we're talking to Whitney Ellenby, who is a mother of an autistic child, and she has a book out called Autism Uncensored. And uh, we're, we're going to talk in this segment about uh, how she handled the, the growing boy with autism and how to integrate this child into uh, society best as possible. Uh, so, uh, again, Whitney, thank you for joining us to tell your story. Thank you for listening. Well, it's a fascinating story because, uh, you know, you do have a, a child who was born and you, you discovered at, at a point in time that your, your child is autistic. Uh, when they told you he was autistic, were they able to place him on a scale of autism as far as profound or mild or something yes. like that? Yes, uh, profound. Um, I wouldn't say severe, so if we were looking at a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being severe, uh, I think they would have placed him as a 6 or a 7. Okay. So, yeah, significantly impacted. And they were able to say that and tell you that so early on in his life. And yes, um, the, the three markers of autism, which is the lack of language, the lack of social interaction, and then the perseverative, like the flapping, the rocking, the doing the same things over presented so strongly in Zach that yes, even that early they were able to put him there on the spectrum. Well, I did want to mention that April is Autism Month and uh, there's a lot going on as far as information about autism and that's why we're spending time with Whitney tonight uh, is to talk about this. But I, I want to move, move forward a bit in time uh, to uh, I think one of the more interesting uh, things that you did with your son Zach and uh, many times there are schools and places that you would place autistic children and special treatments available and so on. <clears throat> and uh, in some ways that provides uh, protection or sheltering of, of children with autism. But you made a decision to go out in public with your child and, and get him to face some of his fears. Uh, how old was Zach when, when you started noticing he would throw violent tantrums yeah. When you would take him out in public, when did that start? That started um, around age five, and that is a common age, just so you know, for kids with autism. In those first early years, they might present as a little bit more compliant for the same reason typical kids are. Um, you know, maybe a little less aware of the world, less aware of their own fears, but then as they sort of take greater notice, uh, in the case of kids with autism and my son, they might develop these very intense phobias and overreactions mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or being overstimulated by the sorts of things that other kids can then handle. So he was five when the really bad meltdowns uh, started happening and they were chronic and they were public. Yeah, they, they were very public and, and there's, oh, one yeah. there's one story that, that I found really interesting. It's, uh, uh, Zach did like the Muppet character, Elmo. Right. And uh, to, to see an Elmo live show, you had to take Zach to a place where he was very uncomfortable. Right. Uh, and it was very brave of you. Uh, Thank to, you. To I'm not sure everyone agrees, but yeah. Well, I, I, I think you need a big sign explaining what you were doing. But tell us the story right. briefly, because I think it's a fascinating story of how this went down. Well, that was the beginning of the end. So let's say the end of the traditional intervention where he is alone one-to-one -one in the therapy room reciting things back to the therapist but not really carrying over those lessons into the real world and certainly not overcoming his phobias 
because he's not having to face them. So in that therapy room, there were flashcards and all sorts of less invasive alternatives to trying to get Zach over his fear of entering, let's say in that case, an unknown auditorium on the way to the Elmo show. Um, and none of those things were working. So what that was was the first time I did what I just refer to as a forcible exposure experiment where I was at the end of the line. There were so many places that couldn't go. We had fled so many scenes once he started screaming and pounding his head and having this very characteristic autistic meltdown that I decided I'm going to go in the other direction. I know he would love Elmo if we can get him in there. So it was a threshold issue. The minute we passed that threshold into the auditorium, he would meltdown. He would start shrieking and pounding his head and trying to slam his head into the ground. So I dropped down with him. I held him in a protective hold to keep him from hurting himself, but I, inch by inch, kept moving him closer to the show. So no, no, by the way, so you understand, yeah. this is uh, in public where there are hundreds oh, of yeah. people in the immediate vicinity wondering yeah. what's this crazy lady doing what with this kid on? she can't yeah. control. They're horrified, and one thing you have to remember is going back at that time when Zach was five, there were no autism-friendly performances like they have now. There was no chance for me to bring him ahead of time or to a show that was autism-friendly where there'd be tons of other kids with autism. If I wanted him out and integrated in the world, I had to just take him where the other kids were and override his fears and become sort of Teflon to the stares and the looks and, frankly, the being spit on that happened to me as I did this, and all I had time to say, because I'm... So someone threw a soft drink at you, didn't they? Somebody threw a soda at me, and mm. they, you know, called me names and things like that, and all I had time to do was to say very quickly, my child has autism. I'm working with him. Mm -hmm. well, you, you, got, you, finally got through a, you finally got through a curtain, and Elmo was yeah. on stage. Tell us uh, what, what happened then. The great news is that once he was there and he saw Elmo, he was able to comprehend the reason we were there, the reason why I even, you know, put him through that and overrode his fears. And as soon as he saw him, he was transfixed. Elmo was singing his favorite song, the alphabet song. So he slowly comprehended, and I kept saying to him, that's it. You did it. You have nothing else to fear. You conquered your fear. And so he started singing with Elmo, and he started bouncing in his seat and he got so excited that then he had what I call literally a crossover into comprehension and joy like oh that's all mommy expected of me um, this is worth it this is something I want and then I was able to move him into the stadium seating and he was virtually indistinguishable from everyone else he was thrilled he had ice cream he stayed for the whole show and he was never ever afraid to go back to that venue again now, now how old is Zach now Zach is now 17. And, and how, how is he doing? He's great. He can, because I did that, which I understand was controversial. Yes. <laughs> and yes. I did it, sure, and, I, and I'll, I'll stand by it. That's why the brave it. part. <laughs> yes, yes. And I did it in a variety of settings. I did it with the Metro, because this is a child who has to learn to navigate the subway system. He's not going to be able to drive. I did it with an aquarium. I did it with movie theaters. I did it... In airplanes, I did it everywhere that this child needs to be able to go, deserves to go, and has a right to go, but was so hobbled by his fears that he couldn't. It took a matter of a few months, maybe. Um, the acclimation time to each new place got shorter and shorter. 
So to answer your question today, Zach is a really happy, well-adjusted 17-year-old who navigates the world with confidence. He goes to Springsteen concerts and classical music concerts, and he just went on a five-hour plane ride without issue. Quite, quite a journey from that original yeah. diagnosis and, and what, uh, what the conventional thinking was uh, about this. Right. So congratulations on giving Thank someone a, a life like that. Thank you very much. And remember, he's still very much autistic. It isn't an either-or. Either they recover and they have a great life, or they don't and it's awful. Zach's a living example of a child who is still very autistic, but competently navigates the world. So I call that a success. I think so, too. We're talking to Whit uh, Whitney Ellenby, and she's the author of a book called uh, Autism Uncensored. And uh, thank you so very much. Thank you for having me. My, my pleasure. And thank you for joining us. We'll be back here again next week. Same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. And I sat and watched the Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company The preceding program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. If it happens here, there, or around the world... This radio station is going to tell you about it. We fill your insatiable appetite for news and information. But who will fill your insatiable appetite for praise? That's our sister station, 95.5 The Fish. Uplifting, inspiring, and full of the message of God's Word. We're not just one station, we're two. Together, we can change Cleveland. What you hear can change you. Been wondering how you can make a difference with your cell phone? Check out Patriot Mobile, America's only conservative cell phone company. Patriot was founded in 2014 by conservatives looking to take on companies that are directly funding liberal causes. Yes, it's really happening. Patriot Mobile was built on conservative principles like the Constitution, smaller government, and free markets and trade. They'll donate up to 5% of each bill to conservative causes. You see, you can make a difference with your cell phone. And as a consumer, how does this sound? With Patriot Mobile, you get the same great nationwide service as Big Mobile. Transparent pricing, competitive plans, easy switching, discounts for active military, veterans, and first responders. Patriot Mobile. Make the conservative choice today. They're easy to find. All you need to know is their address. PatriotMobile.com. That's PatriotMobile.com. Patriot Mobile, the only cell phone company built on conservative principles. Want to change how you feel significantly? ReliefFactor.com will do that for you. Support for temporary relief of minor aches and pains. If you're out there exercising, you go a little bit too far as I did on Saturday, you definitely need Relief Factor on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Actually, I take it every day. As do tens of thousands of people. They know that they should have Omega, which is fish oil. Resveratrol, which you can get from drinking red wine, but you don't know how much. I carry and curcumin all together, carefully calibrated, perfectly formulated, the combination of four natural supplements that everyone agrees you ought to be taking every single day. This makes it easy to do in the amount that is appropriate for your body. The starter pack is nineteen ninety five. You try it for three weeks. Put everything else away that your doctor says you can put away. Don't not take what he tells you to take. And then see if you don't feel terrific. 
You'll feel much better. ReliefFactor.com works. Tens of thousands of people say so. Their testimonials are abundant and real and sincere. Go and watch them and get ReliefFactor.com. The human liver is robust, but it really takes a beating. Help keep your liver in ideal shape with Quantum Nutrition Lab's Quantum Turmeric. In its full-spectrum state from growers in India. And with Quantum Liver Support for optimal detoxification and liver health. For a limited time, both are on special. Buy two bottles, get the third one free. Call 888-588-7578. That's 888-588-7578. Or visit us online at qnlabs.com. That's qnlabs.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Bob Marshall, PhD, host of Healthline. Tune in to get your questions answered and hear the latest breakthrough information for you and your family. Our product line, Quantum Nutrition Labs, delivers what others only promise, nutrition that really works. Listen to Healthline with Dr. Bob Marshall, Saturdays at noon on AM 1420. The answer. WHK Cleveland. 